Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is TalkSport Daily. I'm John Jackson and you're listening to TalkSport Daily where we get you up to date with all things sport and we live our favourite TalkSport moments from the weekend. On today's show you'll hear Mark Sager's take on all the VAR drama of the past weekend, the best of the Ian Culverhouse game from Max Rushton and Barry Glendenning and we'll be hearing from Frank Lampard who was on TalkSport straight after Chelsea's draw with Leicester City. But first, the take of Mark Sager's on Sunday exclusive talking about VAR with the former Premier League referee Mark Halsey alongside Danny Mills and Ray Houghton. What we need to get back to is that this is a game and it's a live game and it's a game where the fans, and they've been forgotten in so many reasons at the, the highest level of the game now, it's not just about your TV audience here who get shown everything and, and what have you so they're on top of it. It's not being on top or educated about this for me. What it's about is when nobody in the ground including the players and the management, see anything wrong with a goal because it was like a toenail for offside or it was like a handball like this. Just get on with it and carry on. Because in the end, what is going to happen is we are going to be at a stage where you might as well not go and watch a game of football because you can no longer enjoy it as a game that has the fallibilities in the same way as a goalkeeper makes a mistake and can't keep a ball out, as a defender or an open goal is missed by a forward. You know, we're getting to a stage, really, that the laws are ruining our game. And I know that they'll, they'll say to me that things like, ah, it was great in the World Cup and we can do this and we can do that. I want our young referees who, by the way, have to learn their job, and you can tell me this, without VAR in most games and standards of football, well, it's an absolute nonsense from start to finish now. Sags, in any game bar the Premier League yesterday, that's a goal. Yeah, exactly that's, that. That's, that's that's a goal. And you're absolutely spot on. You know, we, we're going to drive the fans away. If we drive the fans away, we're going to have empty stadiums. That's what we do not want that. We do not want that. It's about fans coming to joy. It's an entertainment business and we need to entertain. At the moment, we're not entertaining. You can't anymore, Ray and, no, and well, Danny. No, you can't I, I, celebrate a goal. No, you can't. But I'm going to disagree. Well, what, well, I'm, what's well, the point? Well, I'm going to disagree with you, and I'll tell you why. I and mean, Mark should know this because he's an ex-referee. For the last 10, 15 years, we've been using technology to show why referees and assistants have got decisions wrong. Because yeah. as, as TV companies, we've been putting lines up, and then the pundits have been going to turn around. There you, there you go. See how Mark Halsey got that wrong? He was in the wrong position. You can clearly <laughs> see he was on side. 
and he gave offside there between him and his assistant. He gave offside. We use technology for years don't after have year a after years with using to get the technology. But when it ma- when right. it, when it, it makes a difference, yeah, when, well, when it makes a difference, is it's, it's, it's not for a, a toenail or no, a thumbnail. I, I, I don't, listen, Tim, you play cricket. Yeah. Right? The first thing you look for is a no ball Different or not. Type did you, of game. I don't care. Did your ball go? Did your foot go over the line? In tennis, is the ball in or out? It doesn't totally matter. If it's a, it doesn't matter if it's a millimeter out. In that's tennis. goal line it's technology out. you're talking it's about. Out. That's and goal offside. line technology. That's offside. No, no, it's a matter of fact. Line. Matter of no, fact it means no, you're offside no, or you're not. No, Simple. No. Simple. No, did the ball no, go over the line? Matter of fact. No. Anything that's a matter of fact. It's good. No. No. Ray, nonsense. Ray, nonsense. Ray, you're talking about goal line technology. I'm Ca- Mark, I'll come back. No, but offside for me should be treated not like goal line technology. It should be treated where there is uh, that uh, there is a percentage still that we have to give. Matter In, of fact, and, you can't. and what I you would can't. have, yeah, you can. You and can't. I'll tell you exactly how you can. Because Mark, how you can is you you give the referee the opportunity and his uh, assistants to make the decision. And if it is really? so close, his decision. In that, in that case, stand. then you're taking out right, VAR, listen, and that's listen, the, the moment you bring your moment you bring any no, you sort of measurement. No, you can't. Ma- Ma- the moment the moment you bring in any sort of measurement, there will always be a millimeter where you're onside and a millimeter oh. where you're offside. That's that's just how it is. So either you say right, bin technology and just let the referees make the call, and go back to that system. The moment you've brought in technology, it doesn't matter whether you say it's six inches of leeway, a foot leeway, ten yards of leeway. You're either but a millimetre onside. No, it doesn't, because you're either a millimetre onside or a millimetre onside. Once you draw a line, there is always that moment. Like Ray said in Hawkeye, it's either a millimetre in or a millimetre out. That's a line. That's a line that's actually offside, down right. on the ground. After the game at Stamford Bridge finished one all between Chelsea and Leicester, Ian the Moose Abraham spoke to the Blues boss Frank Lampard live on TalkSport. Frank, what do you make of that today? A great start. Uh, 25-30 minutes of really good football, how we want to play here. Uh, we get our goal and probably could have got more. But after that, we, we let the game go a little bit. We are never under pressure in the first half, but in the second half... Uh, we were too open, we didn't have enough possession of the ball and we allowed Leicester the opportunity to get back in the game. So, tough game. Lessons to be learned for sure. Did Istanbul play any part of that? Because I thought your team looked really leggy towards the end. Yeah, I think it probably did. Uh, it's a factor for sure and uh, not a nice one um, for us today. But we, if we're better on the ball, we don't have to run so much. But yeah, I think we looked tired slightly towards the end of the game. 120 minutes and the journey back is is a factor, but I don't want to rely on it. There are things we can improve on, if you, even if you take that out of the picture. And finally, you know what it's like to be a young man. And if not achieve all your dreams on one day, then achieve some of them. Yeah. Mason Mount today, you know, big Chelsea fan, been here since he was six. Mm. For you to give him a start and for him to score in the Premier League, I mean, you know what he's going through right now. Yeah, delighted for him. He, you know, his performance, particularly in those opening patches where he's so good off the ball, he, he works hard, closes people down, which helps him get his goal. He's also got great quality. You know, it's a dream for him. And he'll be disappointed now because I know what he's like and he would have wanted to have won that game. But he should take a lot from that moment. And there'll be many more moments in a Chelsea shirt for him like that. I'm Adrian Durham and this is TalkSport Daily. Now to Simon Jordan's final word, where the former Crystal Palace chairman talked to Danny Kelly about the concussion issue in cricket after Steve Smith was subbed off in the second Ashes test at Lords. 
Um, Australia's best player, perhaps the best player in the world just now, along with Virat Kohli, Steve Smith, um, came under barrage yesterday from England's new super-fast superstar bowler, Jofra Archer. First, he hit him on the arm, which caused him a great deal of discomfort, and then he hit the Australian captain on the back of the neck. Now, remember, uh, one of Australia's players, Phil Hughes, was killed not so very long ago, God bless him, with a very similar-looking injury. Smith was then taken off the pitch done the protocol for concussion and came back out to bat again because he was looking to be the first person ever to score four successive centuries in Ashes tests in England. Um, He came out, batted in a bewildering fashion, not very like himself, and got out. This morning, and he was fine, we were told, this morning he wakes up with headaches and dizziness enough to make him impossible for him to take the pitch. And I think, Simon, there's going to be inquiries about why he was allowed to come back out in the first place and already Australia preparing the ground for him to play in the next test, which starts in a few days' time. Um, Either we're going to take head injuries in sport, and of course, look, if we're going to take concussion seriously, we can't have people being shoved back, even if they tell you they're all right. I mean, he was clearly not all right. I'm not a doctor, but he was lying face down on the ground for several minutes. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, the extent of where he was hit as well was jarring and the pace that we've got. I mean, it is an irony that we've spent years being hit by Australian bowlers that we've now got a bowler that's capable of doing it. It is part of the game. He's bowling at 96 miles an hour and that ball is not soft, is it? No, absolutely. I I played cricket to a moderately high standard and I got hit once in the face and and it was nothing like those sort of speeds. So I can only imagine the impact that that has and specifically as well where it hit him. It hit him on the strap, didn't it, by the jawbone. So you look at that and say... The, you cannot have a you can't you can't have a balance on the favour of sport which says we've got to get a player back on for the for the well-being of the team. It has to be in a situation like that, very similar to how serious I now believe that the NFL is about concussion, which is that the, the health and well-being of the player supersedes any idea that the, the team needs that individual back on the pitch. And of course, the NFL have been uh, ushered into action by the by the threat of a massive class action from players from the past and their families it's are saying... It's always money that concentrates people's money. It down. certainly does. Um, and so, you know, Smith, it, it's so difficult. He is a great player. No, no other word will do it. Statistic, statistically, he's the second best test player of all he'll, time. He'll probably win in the series, yeah. Uh, and he may win them the series. But And I love cricket and I love test cricket, but no sport surely is worth the, your health. And he's got to be taken out of this process, hasn't he? Well, of course. I mean, you can, there's always going to be an argument that your health is always in risk when you box. Um, but this is this is this is not boxing. This is this is a this is a ball game, and you don't expect mm. a ball game to be complicit in in head injury or a protocol that isn't fit for purpose that puts somebody back under a pitch with margins of error. If a, there can be no margins of error. The margin of error will have to be on the favour of not returning the player rather than on the favour of returning the player. And if if Smith had been OK today, we wouldn't be having this conversation because the Australian medical staff will have been able to say, we did the protocol, he went out, he batted again, he got out, but he was fine. Unfortunately, it may be that um, a, a strike on the head in any sport that heavy that concussive, to use the wrong word, actually, uh, that concussive, you have to allow for the fact that there may be a delayed reaction. Because my fear, my fear for Smith yesterday evening when he came back out, and I'm not a doctor, I didn't know whether he was right or wrong, it turns out he wasn't entirely... What if he'd got another clonk on the noggin? Where are we then? Absolutely. I mean, we've had this discussion, was it about uh, Carrius at Liverpool and the arguments that raged there? And of course, 
on head injuries. Uh, there is a delayed effect. And it is a case of the worst case scenario is you have to keep them off the pitch. If you have to keep them off the pitch, if somebody has a head injury, then possibly they have to be kept off a pitch for a session. After the match concluded in a draw, TalkSport 2's Guy Swindle spoke to man of the match and centurion Ben Stokes. Up to the crease now and uh, Stokes has slapped it away through point for four. Yeah, it was a pretty dogged 100 to be honest. Uh, I looked up at the scoreboard at one stage and I was at 70 and I was like, how the hell am I on 70? Um, I rode my luck but, you know, I just... I was chatting to Thorpey quite a lot, you know, on the breaks and stuff, and I was coming off and just saying, just got to find a way to, to stick in there and think of the bigger picture. Um, you know, I found it tough, but then sort of when it was the time where I could be a bit more free with my shots, actually, I found it a lot easier. But it was hard graft. Uh, Nathan Lyon probably could have had me five or six times. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was nice to be out in the middle and, and get some runs. But, um, you know, it's a little bit sour when, when you can't get the win. A couple of very quick ones. A couple of guys came in to the team and made quite an impact, Joffre Archer and, and Jack Leach. Yeah, I think um, his first innings especially, I thought Jack Leach did a great job in terms of his role. You know, four seamers and him being our fifth option there. Um, you know, he did. Well, I think he bowled ten overs at one run and over. So he did his job brilliantly, and then obviously Joffre has just announced himself on the stage yet again in Test cricket. Um, he's a frightening talent, 24 years old, can... You know, obviously we've seen the pace. He had an unbelievable battle there with the best player in the world. It reminded me of that um, Alan Donald and um, Michael Atherton battle. It was brilliant to see. Um, obviously, not great to see Steve get hit like that. Um, I've texted him and he seems to be all right um, from the last I've seen. But as I said about Joffrey, it's frightening and just so good to have on your team because he adds another dimension to everything, pace, skill, everything like that. You must be in pretty good heart now for the Headingley test. Yeah, I mean, look, to, to come away from this game, I think we take a lot of positives is that we had Australia up against the ropes there on the last day especially. Um, and, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, it's a strange game to be a part of. To be honest, it's, it's a little bit to get our head round at the moment that, you know, we got so close, we couldn't quite get there. Um, but, you know, we're very proud of the team's efforts there on that last day to try and bowl them out. You know, we had 40, 48 overs to try and bowl them out. We nearly got there. Um, but everyone's tried their absolute guts out and you know I think we're a very proud change of there. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. (laughs) 
On the Trans-Europe Express, Luke Moore was joined by experts Andy Brassel and Lars Sivertsen as they reviewed the biggest moments from the leagues across the continent. Not only was Messi absent, and you know I know it was only a friendly, but the week before against Napoli, when you had that front f- three of Dembélé, uh, Griezmann, and, and Suarez, it looked absolutely fantastic, and th- they looked as if they really clicked. The fact that Luis Suarez uh, hit the post in the first half and hurt his knee while he was doing it, mm. so he he had to go off. Uh, now they had the odd chance afterwards. Uh, Rafinha came pretty close, drawing a good save from the goalkeeper, but. I know people will look at this and, you know, there's been lots of online anger from Barcelona fans, renewed anger at Ernesto Valverde, who some people would say is is, is lucky to still be head coach of the club. Um, but I, th- I think you have to take this in perspective. The fact is that you know, Barcelona have had some first game wobbles before and against worse teams than Athletic. You know, Athletic are, are very improved under Gaisca Garitano and... Um, it's always a really, really tough place to go. Arguably the most atmospheric stadium mm. in La Liga. Um, and last season, it took an absolutely tremendous performance from Marc-Andre to Stegen for, for them to get a point from that. And that was with Messi available. Well, talk to me about the, the young kid that came off the off the bench, Carlos Perez, is it? Uh, 21 years old, only featured twice uh, for Barcelona. I, I think this is really important for them. Because um, the reason I, the reason I ask the question is probably because I, I think of Barcelona as being this this team that you know have a huge draw and a huge pulling power. And they've signed players for big money. How are they in a situation on the first day of the season where they're having to bring a twenty one year old off the bench? I, I, don't, I don't think that's that's really the question. I think the question is why aren't they more like him? Right. You know the the the, the problem for them I think is has been in in recent years, um, and obviously there are plenty of Barcelona fans as we saw with those renewed calls for Valverde's head from mainly international fans it has to be said after yeah. after, after that first game um, the fact is that a lot of people feel that Barcelona have waned from their identity a little bit now some of that has got to do with a rather more pragmatic football uh, played by Ernesto Valverde and that was the case under Luis Enrique of course he made them a little bit more direct as well after Tata Martino and the fact that that didn't really work out when when he was Messi's call but the fact is we associate Barcelona with uh, La Masia. We associate them with producing players. Now, you look at La Fabrica, Real Madrid's academy, that produces as many players, but generally they tend to have been more successful elsewhere on the whole. That, that's or, or they've had to go away to, to come back, although you could say that's the case for, say, Gerard Piquet, for example. But the fact is, because of that exceptional generation, led obviously by Messi, by Xavi, by Andres Iniesta... I think it's very hard to come down from that. And then, of course, the fact is Barcelona have had to surround Messi to keep themselves going, to get themselves to 11 La Liga titles in... Uh, eight La Liga titles in 11 years with some very, very expensive talent. You know, they've moved towards the model, the Galactico model, that they mocked Real Madrid for 15 years ago. So the fact that they've not been producing players at any sort of rate or they've not been producing players who are good enough to, to take the place of of legends past and you know I realise that's a very tall order that has been um, a source of quite a lot of consternation at the club and around the fan base I'm Jim White and this is TalkSport Daily Back to the final word and Simon Jordan talking Manchester United and their transfer policy and how they're paying high wages to the likes of Alexis Sanchez It always becomes the point of interest to us all 
media fans, we always say it, we can't help but say it, which is, you know, Jesus, look how he's playing, look how much money he gets. It should never be about how much money he gets, it should be whether he's worth this money. And the fact of the matter is Sanchez has stunk the place out. Mm. He's stunk the place out. And I don't think his attitude has been spot on either. Because you don't go from being a big-time player... Game-changer. ...a game-changer at Arsenal to being a player that suddenly weighed down with the expectations of you. You wanted this kind of money, right? You, that with that kind of money goes expectations. And then subsequent to that goes performances. And if you look at them, if you look at those and say, wow, where... Where is the player in all of this? Why isn't the player doing his job? I look at the management decision behind Jose Mourinho, brought him in and said, that's a bad decision. I look at Ed Woodward sanctioning a transaction that has made it almost impossible to make any kind of financial sense of how you get him out the door. Right? Okay, we could turn around and say, on the other side of this argument, well, you know, you could have bought, you could have bought Sanchez for 70 million quid. So really and truly, the net effect of getting Sanchez was you got him on a free, you got Mkhitaryan out that you didn't want to go to Arsenal, you got Sanchez in, they all look quite clever tied up business that joined up in the middle, and you've got two players and not pulling up nothing on either club. Yeah, trees remaining undisturbed. And then you've got and then you've got Ozil, who just to me is one of those decisions that was made at a time when Sanchez again was getting rises and players were looking at what he was going to get and what moves were going to result as a result of that and other transactions and decisions were made that Ozil was instrumental in a certain way that Arsenal played and he may yet become that again if Arsenal are a better side in key positions behind Ozil that enable a player of Ozil's calibre to be able to perform when he hasn't got to worry about any defensive duties when he hasn't got to worry about any tracking back he can only look forward and I think there is a place for certain players in the game sure but it isn't currently at Arsenal because they're not strong enough in that position Simon let me ask you a, a question from uh, and, and, and please don't just say that's unrealistic I want you to um, has there ever been any thought in, 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 in football that the players could earn less wages and earn more by measurable performances you know where they finish in the table how many goals they get, even whether they get 7 out of 10 each week from Martin they. Samuel. Of course. It's always been an advantage point that would be mooted by club owners and one that would be completely refuted by players and agents. You're never going to get it. Yes. You're never going to sign players. You're never going to put in a position where you go, back yourself, back yourself. Yep. If I sign you, yep. uh, you're going to score 20 goals a year. Oh, yes, I am. Okay, I'll tell you what I'll give you then. I can give you, I can give you 100 grand a week or I can give you 50 grand a week and five grand a goal. So, so if you score twenty goals, you're now going to get one hundred and fifty grand a week, rather than the hundred, you know, the fifty hundred grand I was going to give you. Very quick, right? very so good. So here we are. Why do you take that? No, 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 no. I want my guarantees. They want guarantees of failure. Yeah, they, well, they, <laughs> they, they want they want the ability to have what they want when they want it, how they want it, and none of, none of the consequences for not delivering on it. And unfortunately, that is the Narnia world of football. When you buy a player and you pay a sign-on and then you pay a year later a loyalty bonus for them doing you the favour of staying with you for a year, a sign-on for them doing a favour of signing a contract for you, then you have to pay them goal bonus for the very thing that you've paid them for, appearance money to turn up on a Saturday and win bonuses for the very thing you think they they would want to do in the first place. It tells you that football's out of control. And to finish, here's the Ian Culverhouse game with Max Rushton and Barry Glendenning on yesterday's warm-up. No, I still don't get it either. Okay then, Baz, you ready? No, let's play. David Phillips. Chris Kwamia. Robert Allathorne. 
Eric Young. Mike Milligan. Roger Joseph. Rick Holden. Ian Marshall. Musa Saeed. Andy Ritchie. Craig Forrest. Guy Butters. <laughs> Darren Barnard. Phil Starbuck. Phil King. Roger Bannister. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not again! Oh, for the love, the wind and the rain. Oh. Here you go, Vals. Roger what Bannister. What's wrong with me? Roger Bannister. <laughs> Gary Bannister. I meant to say Gary Bannister. I mean, that's two weeks in a row. Uh, we'll wait for the. The court for uh, Culverhouse arbitration. Crikey. To get in touch, but if that Paddy the Villa fan, wherever you are, <laughs> I think you may be needed next week. Surely that is a ban. <sighs> You've been listening to Talk Sport Daily. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss your daily dose of Talk Sport. And don't forget, Saturdays are game day on Talk Sport as we bring exclusive live and in-depth commentary. So make sure you tune in every weekend to keep up to date on all the action from the league. And we'll see you tomorrow. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.